Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Wayne, after you close the door, you turn around, and you see Alex standing in the middle of the barn with his Zippo lit in his hand. But it's almost like hanging at the side of his body now. And you're looking at the Zippo, and it's almost like parallel with the ground. And there's a second you're wondering what's going on, and then slowly the Zippo falls out of his hand and hits this ground where there's hay on there. And there's a second where you're like, oh man, is that going to catch fire? But then the Zippo closes and the flame goes out. The barn is dimly lit, and you're looking at Alex. You go and you like move your eyes up to look at his head, and you see that he's just staring at the ceiling, his arms dangling at the side of his body. What are you doing? I'm very quiet for a moment, and then I'm just kind of like staring at Alex, and I'm trying to see what he sees, and I'm starting to get really afraid, and I'm just like, Alex, 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 Alex. And he's not responding, and you look up what he's looking at, and you see like the ceiling of the barn, like where the roof kind of meets at a peak, and you see that there's some boards that go across, and it looks like there might have been where like birds would stay or something like that, but you can't make out too much. As you walk closer to him and you're saying his name, you just kind of hear the horses seem a little bit more restless than before. Alex, you're staring at the sky and the stars are endless and you hear buzzing in your ears almost. And it reminds you of the dreams that you've been having, but you can't move your head or your face. You seem almost like you're paralyzed as you're staring at these endless stars. You don't hear anything around you, but the buzzing. And slowly your head against your will is moving down so you can look ahead of you. But when you look ahead of you, you see not the barn, but you see figures standing before you. They seem to be wearing robes that are black and thick and dark. You can't see their faces because the hoods are hanging over them. But you get the sense that that darkness that their faces are hidden is almost an abyss that's endless. You cannot see their hands or their feet because their robes go over them. But there's six of them. And slowly you see their arms going up and they go to open these robes. And you see as they slowly open underneath them, you see flesh without the protection of its skin. You see tendons and sinew 
as the robes slowly drop and you see six figures that look like they don't have no shape or form of a sex that you're aware of, but they look human and their eyes are wide and lidless and they stare at you with those eyes that are still human. And in the middle, they slowly step apart and you see a horse coming, a pale white horse. And on it, you see a figure sitting that you cannot make out. Wayne, you're staring at Alex and you're getting up close to him. And you see like there's drool going down his lips. And he's like looking straight ahead now. And you hear the horses are actually now starting to like kick the barn a little bit. Like you see like you're doof, doof, doof. and you hear him and you hear him like starting getting louder. You see a couple rear up as he's just standing there. What are you doing? Every time the horses kick, Wayne will jump. Like he'll be very just shaken at this point. And every time he hears that loud thump, it's almost giving him this shock and he'll just be jumping every time that happens. And he goes closer to Alex and he puts his hands on his shoulders and he starts shaking him. And he's like, Alex, Alex, he's, he's getting really scared right now. He thinks Alex might be having like a seizure or, or something, something unexplainable. And just given the, the nature of what they're doing, it's causing him to really panic and, and go over the edge. And uh, he starts grabbing Alex by the shoulders and he starts just kind of rattling him mostly out of fear. Alex, you see this horse slowly come walking towards you and you can't move. And it's within 10 feet, then five feet. And soon it is right in front of you. And you look up at the figure that is in there on top of it. And slowly the figure goes to let its hood back. And then you're vomiting. And you hear Wayne going, Alex, Alex, and just vomit shoots from your mouth. The spaghetti that you ate before, the acidic tomato sauce is just retching out. Wayne, you're seeing this as this vomit just shoots out of his mouth as he's sitting there. And you see his eyes like kind of go back to normal for a little bit. Like they kind of focus in ahead of him as he's like puking, like all in front of you. Alex, you hear these horses just like are just going insane now. You can hear wood crack almost like they're trying to get out of their the confines of their stall. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. What the fuck, man? What the fuck happened, man? <coughs> you don't see the people? The hell are you talking about? And Alex will spit a few times to get the last of the puke out of his mouth and get, get, give me a cigarette. Jesus Christ, well, what's, what's going on in here? And you like turn around and look and you see the doors open and you see a figure with a flashlight that's kind of blinding you all. You recognize the voice, but he doesn't recognize you guys. Like, who, 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 hold on a second. And you see like a hand that's like on the pistol. Like, who are you? Who are you? Fuck. Uh, shit. Um, I'm trying to pull Alex up right now. And then I actually am going to fish into the ankle holster. Don't you move, buddy. Don't you fucking move. And then did you, you, did you say anything or you're not saying anything to him? Right. I'm too stunned to even speak. Take off your mask. Take off your mask right now. I'm looking at Alex. Like, what are we going to do? Alex, like you got any mouthwash? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a cigarette. What? He's like looking at you too. Take off your mask. Who are you? Mister, I just puked. Give me a cigarette, please. You see this confused look. Like, well, you can't really make the confused look because the flashlight's still up there. Uh, I don't smoke. <laughs> it's just like he had his voice coming there. We're just, everyone calm down. Listen, what are you doing here? Puking. Are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm not. I just puked. <laughs> and you see the flashlight go back to you, Wayne. He's like, take off your mask right now. Or I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to try to pull alex up from his crouched position and i'm just kind of if, if i can get alex and me standing up it's how many of them do i see 
Just one. It's just this guy, you know, that you know. So, and he, like I said, he has like, a, does he have a gun out right now? No, he has his hands on a holster right now. And you see, he has like his flashlight pointing at you guys. But you, it's really hard to make out what he's doing because the light's like right in your eyes. I, he's like, listen, if you guys need somewhere to stay, if you're drunk or whatever, that's fine. Just take off your mask and we could talk this out. Okay. I'm going to try to run. I'm going to try to get Alex and run. I'm not going to leave him, but uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna push this guy if I have to, and I'm going to try to run. He's about 10 feet away, but you're going to try running towards him? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, oh. hold up. Alex will sort of, he'll, Alex will bend over to pick up the lighter, and he'll look at the guy and like, wait, where the hell are we? He's like, you don't know where you are, son? Uh, no, no. I remember the sky and then puking in some horse shit, and now this. All right, I'm going to have you roll something real quick here. Fast talk roll, which is going to be manipulation plus percep- uh, persuasion, but I'm going to give you negative one, seeing that this is a really odd circumstance that you're in right now. And he's going to roll charisma or composure and empathy roll. Uh, he has to get more successes than you. So here's the composure. fun part. Yeah. My specialty for persuasion is baffled with bullshit. There you go. So that's that a, apply. <laughs> yeah, that's apply. So that okay. gives you an extra dice, right? Yep. All right. So I so it negates the negative one penalty. There you go. What what's a little hilarious? A little backstory here. I was not expecting you guys to wear ski masks, so I thought the scene would go different. <laughs> so I was like, you get it's players throwing a point. Uh, what do they say? Players throwing a wrench for you. You know what I mean? Two successes. All right. He's rolling four dice. He's got two successes. Tie goes to you. I'll give the tie to the player in this case. So there's a moment where he's like looking at you, and you see like the flashlight lowers a little bit. Uh, and you get a clear picture of him and you see, he's looking at both you and he's like, all right, all right, it's fine. It's fine. I just, uh, and you see the moment, like the light kind of goes over the duffel bag that is by you, Wayne. And he's like, wait, wait a second. What's this? What's this right here? And you see like the light going around the duffel bag. Were you trying to steal some horses, son? Steal some? No. What? There's a moment where like he hears you for a second and he's like, wait a second. You, you sound familiar. What? Get the. And you see there's a moment he like he looks at the ground and then he looks up at you and he gets, takes his hand off the fucking gun. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Is it you guys? Take off your mask. And he like pointing to you, Wayne. Take it off. I know who you are. You're that long haired who works at that PI agency. I, uh, I take the mask off. What the fuck are you doing here at the, you see like a moment he looks panicked. Look, look, just, just relax. Okay. We'll, we'll you're, you're goddamn lucky that I was me who found you here and it wasn't those son of a bitches who fucking are you kidding me what did you what were you hoping to accomplish at this hour of night look just come in here I'll explain stop yelling okay no one's gonna hear me I'm the only person on shift which you're goddamn lucky about I look yeah. at Alex when he says that <laughs> yeah you're fucking goddamn lucky I'm the only one on shift holy shit like what are you doing here what are you hoping look. to accomplish I thought you guys would be indiscreet are you drunk? Like, what's going on? He's pointing to the puke. You got the horses all crazy, and then you see the horses are kind of like calmer now, you know, making a ruckus. I could hear it all the way in the guardhouse. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna say, look, we are drunk. I'm I'm sorry. It, you gotta be bad. drunk off your fucking mind. Are you kidding me? And then he like walks, he walks towards you guys. Wayne, Wayne, give me a cigarette. Here you go, Alex. Look, can we just chill out for a second here? Uh, we had too much to drink. It was a bad idea to come here. I mean, if you have you give me a fast talk and uh, the same role, okay? So you got no successes. Oh, yeah. Oh, he didn't botch because there's only one of one. Ty goes to you again, but he no, he looks at you. He's like, I have a hard time believing you got all the way over here drunk off your ass. Like, were you trying to snoop, hoping to find something at this hour of the night? 
Look, Maybe, yeah. man. Listen, I I know that I know that Tina talked to one of you, someone from your group, and told her that we're trying to help out. Why do you still feel the need to come here in the middle of the night? It was a mistake. It was a bad idea. You're goddamn right. It was. Let, let me tell you, look, 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 look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, no, okay, yo, 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 you hold on real, real quick. And he's like doing the Midwestern, like, you know, 50, 45 year old. You hold on real quick, young man. You, and he points to you. You're goddamn right. I'm the one that found you. You know that you coming here today set people off, and now they're all in talks about making. Are you fucking kidding me? And then you come here the same night. Seriously. I feel like your goddamn parents right now. Get your ass back in the car. Air, like Tina will call you and we'll handle this shit. All right. Like, what were you looking for though? What can, is there something I can help you with? We're Why sorry, the barn? Sir. I'm drunk. Look, when we were here earlier, I wanted to see the barn and I was told no. That's why the barn. So, what is something? You... There is something fucking wrong with this place. We're just ruling stuff out, you see? And you're not drunk, are you? And he looks at you, Wayne. And you see, like, he calms down. Well, be honest. Not as drunk as I'd like to be. <laughs> You just see, like, for a second, he looks at you. You see, like, a smirk coming out the corner of his lips. And he's like, God damn you. Come here. Come and get out of here. Let's go. You can go into my office. Come on. And he's just like, I'll get you something to drink. I'll get you something to warm up. You guys look like you're freezing your ass off. <sighs> Sir, I'm sorry. It's- and I'm just kind of like, as he's, like, leading us out, <laughs> I'm going to just uh, take the duffel bag, too, and just hope he doesn't <laughs> really mention anything. <laughs> he takes you all to, like, the red like barn house that you guys walked past that you saw the lights on and mm-hmm. he goes inside of there and he opens the door and you see it's not really too big but it's like definitely a place for people who are doing guard duty that night to like stay at you know and you see that there's some monitors that like that are probably have cameras inside the school that are going to it and he's looking at it and you see he has like a coffee pot there and he pours you guys each like two cups of coffee you know in the styrofoam you know little like coffee cups or whatever that are never big enough to quench your coffee thirst and he sits there and he's like you gotta go after you drink this, you got to go. I don't know when anyone's going to show up here. And I, if, if they see me with you or they see me, I didn't do anything with you. That's my ass. You understand? I was very clear with Michael about this. Like, this can't get tied to me in any way. Look, we're sorry. And, and Michael, he, he's not behind this at all. This, this was something we acted on our own. You ever just get a... You ever just get lied to over and over again by someone who thinks that you're going to believe the fifth lie they tell you, even though you didn't believe the first four? You're right. My damn son. You just keep digging yourself in a hole and a hole and a hole. Then you wonder why you're buried below ground by your own lies. Listen, what's it going to take for this to stay between us? It's going to be between us for that boy's good. I ain't going to do shit to you all if you haven't figured this out yet. I just, well, sir, I'm mighty embarrassed about this whole affair. Well, you're lucky it's fucking me who found it. Now, did Tina talk to one of your, Tina said she was going to talk to some guy named Alex. Is that, is that, if she looks at you, is that you or is that what someone else with your group? That's me. So she talked to you? Not yet. I thought she was talking to you tonight. Plans changed. He's just like, get, go back to your car and go before anyone sees you. And we'll pretend like this never happened. Yes, sir. Before we go, what do you know about this barn and the shit that happens in it? I don't know anything. They keep the horses here. Like, what? There's a lot more at stake. There's a boy missing. Who cares about the fucking barn? Are you thinking something happened in the barn? What is, what, what, why are you so hung up on this barn? What's under the barn? I don't know what you're not making any sense. Is there something under the barn? I don't know. Are you sure? Well, I mean, who can totally be sure? I've never dug underneath the barn. Like, what are you? T- you're making no sense. You got to take your friend home. All right. And tell Michael that I'm going to call him tomorrow morning. Okay. And we're going to talk about this when I get off shift. All right. And I'll, I'll walk you to the gate. And he's like, just like, 
You put just keep it on. it, nah, nah, keep us off the cameras, though. Don't, and you see him, like, he looks at you, and then he goes, give me a second. And you see him go, and he, like, turns off a couple switches. There's, like, this weird, like, toggle switchboard kind of thing. He's like, that should be it. Let's go. Let's get you going before anyone finds out you're here. And you guys slowly make your way back to your car. Michael, you're sitting with your mom watching TV. This has been pretty quiet between you two. Just kind of enjoying each other's company. And there's a moment where, like, moonlighting ends. And it's like, hey, KWRT, local news at 8. And then she, like, looks at you for a second. And then she looks back at the news. Like, still no information about that chase that happened yesterday between the white Jeep that occurred. And you see, like, the, the security footage. And she's like, so when were you going to tell me about that? And then you see, like, a picture. Like, she turns down the volume. You see, like, a picture of Che, like, come up on the screen. Like, some weird, like, uh, employee photography. Like, he probably took out his janitorial job that he used to have for, like, a badge access, you know? Come on, Ma. I don't want to stress you out in your current condition. <laughs> I can't, I don't think you could add any more stress to my life. And believe it or not, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of, it's weird. They say there's, like, they have this person at the hospital who talks to you, and he, like, <clears throat> and you see for a moment she like kind of like coughs a little bit and then she takes a sip of water and she looks at you she's like they have this person who talks to you he um like gives you advice and tells you there's like stages of like acceptance have you ever heard about that like of grief of loss yeah 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 i've heard about it well i think i'm at the acceptance part i went through all that without worrying you and i feel like our relationship the whole time we avoid things because we don't want to overdo each other's stress and i think that leaves a hole in our relationship i think we're pretty close when you think we're pretty close michael i'd say we're close yeah mom then why do we keep avoiding stuff and fear i know you're a strong person you know i'm a strong person but we worry about each other's mental state all the time well i think it's because we care about each other that you know yeah we try to protect each other do you think that's probably held you back that concern of me a little bit what do you mean held me back sometimes i worry that uh-huh. I've always thought that maybe like you've, I mean, I'm very proud of where you're at and I'm really proud of what you're doing and you're doing a lot, but I worry that somehow me and my financial state or whatever, and you worrying about it has held you back from your true potential or experiencing your life. Mom, I'm doing good and I'm doing well. And I mean, you can see, you know, with starting the company with the guys and everything, and I've been really moving forward in my life. And she smiles. I don't know, Michael. You always take on so much. You're a lot like your father was, but he just couldn't handle it. I mean, he he was one of those people that what they say when there's a crisis, they're able to step up and take care of it. But when there's nothing for them to take care of, that's when they really go downhill. You know, that's kind of was his flaw. And he was a good father and he was really happy to be a father with you. But I think once the he got used to parenthood a little bit there, then it became too easy. And then it wasn't enough to keep him occupied. You understand what I'm saying? I think so. I think I understand. But I think I have more than enough things, important things to keep me occupied. Yeah, like Che. What happened to him? We're trying to figure that out. They show in the camera footage that he was being chased by someone. Do they just think it was someone who's angry with them with his driving or what? Well, we're not sure yet. It could be anyone. It could be one of our past clients. Um, well not clients but like targets but we don't know it's it's difficult to say especially this early i have some guys working on it did i tell you about derek this new guy no what's the story behind that he's amanda's cousin you know her remember yeah. her, right yeah i was gonna ask you about that yeah he got laid off 
at one of the jobs, you know. But and... the the Amanda thing, you guys never came to any kind of conclusion about that? <sighs> well, we found some weird stuff, but nothing conclusive. She looks at you for a second side-eyed. What do you mean weird? Well, that's hard to say. Well, I don't know. We've we've sometimes talked about religion, but it's never like big in our family, so what do you think about God, Mom? You're asking a dying lady that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez. Oh, I, I don't know, Michael. I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been, been asking myself that a lot. And it's something I'm not ready to face. I lose sleep over it. This is the hard thing about all this, Mike. It's, you know, with the chemo, when they tried the chemo with me, it keeps you up at night. I couldn't sleep. A lot of it was because I was nauseous and I kind of keep food down or whatever. But when you're laying in bed and you're staring at your ceiling or you get up and you watch TV and eventually it turns off, it goes to static. But you're seeing commercials of like TV reverends and hearing of people getting healed and all that stuff. It's like a little part of your brain that probably never wanted to listen to any of that religious mumble jumble all of a sudden wants to become perceptive to it. I don't know. I'm not too bright, Michael. I don't know that kind of stuff. I just know that I've never really been drawn to it after your, especially after your father, after his life was taken and I'm left with having to raise a boy on my own. I will tell you though, those religious types are nice. When we were struggling a little bit there, they would give us food baskets, especially around the holidays. And I always appreciated that, but hmm, I don't know, Michael. Then you hear like on your beeper on your phone, Michael, you hear it vibrate. She just kind of looks down at that. What's that? Oh yeah. That's the new little thing I picked up. Really? What is that thing? And I assume it's a pager, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a pager, yeah. Yeah, so this is a pager, and I sort of show it to her. <gasps> I see these on TV. When did you get one of these? Did you get this at, like, a Radio Shack or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. No way. Look at you, Mr. Big Shot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you realize that's where you got, like, the saying. She always called people Mr. Big Shot, so that's, like, you always <laughs> deal with parents, you know, kids, parents, yeah, yeah, yeah. parents are, you know? It's like, oh my God, look at this, Michael. So Yeah, is... well, you know, uh, our clients have been good to us lately, so. Is this a girl that's calling you? She like, just kind of like uh, shows you the number. I, I sort of check check the code. And it's a, it's a seven, or uh, I don't even know the area code for it. It's a North Dakota area code, but you don't recognize it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think this is just like, I think it's North uh, Dakota area code. Uh, probably work related. Jeez. You know, Michael, you really should start dating. And she just kind of looks at you for a second. Not this again. No, no, listen, listen. Like, listen, this is the guilt that I talked about that I feel about. You sit here with me and you watch Moonlighting or you once in a while take me out to Outback or we go to like the Royal Fork or we go watch a movie or whatever. Well, you know, it didn't end well with Jane. And we were always like, we always had arguments with each other. Michael, not every girl has to be a relationship. You have Alex who works at that bar. You go to that bar all the time. It's Alex isn't a girl. <laughs> I know, but he, I'm sure he knows girls. He's a charming guy. Uh-huh. Love his mom. Great lady. By the way, she's helped me through this a lot too. I don't feel bad. She didn't tell Alex. She swore to me she wouldn't tell him. So, okay. <sighs> I don't know. What, what do you not? You're so consumed but, like your father. All I'm saying, listen, Michael, I've already seen one man who gets consumed with stuff go down the wrong path. I don't want to see you go down that wrong path yourself. I know you won't, but let's not forget when you were younger. Yeah, okay. Anyway, all I was saying before is, I don't know if there's a God, but I sure as hell believe in the devil. What do you mean? Like, are you... 
You're saying you saw this like, isn't even something you know. After you talk, you saw I tell you tell you everything, but there's just some things that really shouldn't be spoken about. But people are capable was, of doing horrible things. It was disgusting. Yeah, they are. But when they're pushed, it's even worse. Let me show you a picture that always stuck with me. And you see, she gets up for a second and she goes towards like this little mini bookshelf she has. And you see, she has like the time life series books. I don't know if anyone remembers the time life series is where you used to see commercials of it on TV. It's like time life series, the Vietnam era. And you could order like these books that were probably overpriced for like five payments of 29 99 call now. And you used to be able to call and get them. And your mom always, when she'd have a little extra scratch would always see this stuff and get it. And you, as a kid, you would look through some of these time life ones she had and she has one for a vietnam series and she goes and she opens up and they're like these glossy like black and white pictures when you see that there's a picture of this young girl maybe two or three or four years old who's naked a vietnamese girl who's walking down a village street and part of her body's burned from napalm that had been dropped on her village and she looks at that and she like hands you the book and she looks at you and she's like it's things like this that stuck with me and led me to think of two different things. One, there probably isn't a God. And two, people are just as bad as they want to say the devil is. And there's a bunch of stuff in our history of us, you know, people who've done horrible, horrible things that we couldn't fathom. If it brings you peace to rationalize it with religion, then Michael, I'm not going to hold that against you. If it makes you happy, I don't want to hold that against you. But that's just what I think of it. A dying woman, you think I would want to find God and want to believe it, but I still... <sighs> It's a question that I don't know, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, don't know if there's a God. Sure should believe in the devil. I'm sorry about that. I really am. You should call that person. She like motions it. And then she like turn, turns up the TV. Like she does the mom thing where they're really good at like, you know, like set the tone or whatever. And she kind of like turns up the TV a little bit and goes watch it. She's like, I'll be here when you're done. All right. So Michael goes up to look the area code. Yeah. The area code, you know, is from like, uh the uh minoki region you like call you can say you call like you look in the phone book you kind of pull open your mom's phone book that's on top of the fridge and you're kind of looking it up so you realize it's from the area of the school is that all right yeah michael's gonna call it rings a couple times from your mom's phone you know you're on your mom's kitchen take take the wall phone it has that really annoying extension cord that just like spindles around each other and you're kind of like trying to undo it so you can go like into the hallway so she can't like quite hear the conversation and you dial the number, you press into like the white buttons on the actual phone itself. And then you hear a click and then you hear, and you hear a hello. And you recognize the voice of John Donaldson, the person you spoke to this uh, yesterday morning. Mr. Donaldson? Or... Yeah. Is this Michael, uh, Michael Gray with the... Yeah, yeah, that's me. So <laughs> you just hear like a long drawn out. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, uh, but uh, two of your guys were here. I came across them. I'm not angry. I just wanted to tell you that. I just uh, thought I would let you know that you're lucky that it was me who was here or uh, who knows where I would have ended up. Certainly. I don't want them uh, to get in trouble, though. I don't know if you know or not. I'm not going to ask. But Which uh, two of them? Uh, the long hair guy and the other one who I think was drunk. He's puking all over the place. Kept was asking drunk? for a cigarette. Yeah, I think so. It smelled. I definitely smelled. Is everything off. okay? Like, I don't besides know. Besides that? They were in our barn and the horses were all freaking out. I don't know what they're doing to spook the horses or anything like that. But and then he kept asking me if there's anything under the barn and I just didn't make sense to me. And I, I don't know what's going on or where this is leading to. But I mean, listen, there's someone here, a counselor at the school here, and her and I are trying to find out stuff to help you guys out. But like, got to be careful with this kind of stuff or it's going to bite us all in the ass. 
Definitely. Can you put one of them on the line? Preferably the one that's oh, not puking. I, I walked them. They're already in their car. I made sure they left. They're probably driving back there to Bismarck right now. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. What a mess. Uh, thanks for informing me. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy the rest of the night. Listen, I, I appreciate, I'm sure they had good attentions, but again, I just can't stress. They're lucky it was me on duty. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'll make sure to shout at them really loudly and make sure it doesn't <laughs> happen again. The one might puke on you again, so just be careful, all right? So, Of course. Well, thank you again. And Michael hangs up. All right. We'll cut to Wayne and Alex. So you guys are in the car driving back to Bismarck. Alex, what is going on in your mind right now? Well, that didn't go to plan. God damn it. If Wayne looked at you right now while like driving, what would he see? Like, first of all, uh, he'd see Alex smoking, spitting out the window occasionally, trying to get the puke taste out of his mouth because that shit lingers for hours, especially when it gets up in your sinuses. Alex had quit smoking too, but he's smoking like a chimney now, right? Uh, just one or two. Okay. He's taking it slow. But what's going on in your head with what you saw? Just fuck, not again. This shit again. And he's, he's feeling like it's back. He's back in the uh, underground chamber. Oh, that the cellar of doom or whatever we call it. <laughs> Satanic yes. prairie cellar. Dang. And he's, I take it. It's been too short of a time for him to even try to wrap his mind around what he saw. Huh? Oh yeah. 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 He's just still parsing it out. Yeah. What about you, Wayne? What's going on in your head right now while you're driving? Just pure embarrassment. He's going to be mostly silent, but occasionally he'll, just kind of like chime in with whatever he's like thinking. He's like, go ahead. Man, we'll if that guy was really on our side, he would have, he would have let us check out that barn more. Don't you think Alex, Alex, don't you, don't you think man? And I'm just kind of like, you know, and, and Alex is probably like kind of distant right now. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just kind of like grieving over how this played out. Cause Wayne was very scared and he, he wanted his kind of badass moment and he had like this shit your pants moment instead. And now it's kind of like all settled down and he just kind of feels like quite a bit embarrassed, really. Well, I'm sure the adrenaline coming down, too. I mean, you know, like Alex was acting strange. You know what I mean? Like something was going on with Alex and the horses freaking out all at once at the same time like that. It was very intense. And uh, when, when Alex doesn't say anything, he's going to just say, hey, what the hell happened with you in there, man? <sighs> You know, I'm not sure. I just, I'm walking in and I'm seeing the horses. And then the next thing I'm under the night sky and I see these, these like five or six people in robes, but they don't have any skin on. And then there's a pale horse and then I'm puking. And then that guy shows up and then we're back in the barn. Kind of reminds you of something, Wayne, especially when he said he saw was seeing stuff and he ended up puking. And there's a moment where your, your memories flash over to you being in front of that house with Michael and Che and all you guys seeing the side of that building of that house that the younger Welksetter brother had stayed in. And you'll see Wayne's face will get kind of red and you can kind of see this like anger on his face. And he's kind of like, well, snap out of it. All right, man. Whatever you saw, just, just brought back some memories is all it's, it's, it's nothing. Okay. We got to keep moving. We got to keep working. And you see, he's like, it's like clearly him trying to like avoid what it's bringing him back to. You can kind of just see on his face, he's like a little bit red and a little bit mad right now. And he's just like, you're probably just imagining things, all right? Yeah, yeah, sure I am. And you say that as you guys drive past the Welcome to Bismarck sign. And we'll go ahead and end the session there. The Ultimate Evil focuses on people versus the dark mysteries of the world. 
Inferno Temptation follows the similar theme as two mortals are haunted by two demons who won't let them go. Listen to find out if Brother Jan and Sir Reinhardt give in to temptation.